there's no such thing as a dumb question or there's no such thing as failure because there isn't any, really. Everything's fixable, everything's doable. If you're worried, ask. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, renovators. Today I have Suzette Halliwell. Suzette was my first ever student and she has been a part of the School of Renovating since 2013. And so I brought her in today to really talk about her journey. Like all things in life, it's never a straight road. There's always twists and turns. But she's maintained the faith and she's done some really amazing things in that seven years. One of the things she's done is renovated and held properties that are now producing a really substantial income for her. Like I hesitate to use the word passive, but that's commonly what it's known as. And she and I have also done some projects together. And now she's morphing into a new stage in her career. She's teamed up with one of our Wonder Women and they putting together a business and are on the path to doing several renovations a year in order to both return a decent income. So that's they're very close to launching into their first project in that next step. But Suzette has a lot of little pearls of wisdom that she's picked up along the way, and I know that you're going to enjoy this episode. Hello, it's Bernadette back with another episode of She Renovates, and today I have Suzette Halliwell. Now, Suzette was my first ever student. When I started the School of Renovating, it used to be the Australian School of Renovating, actually, in, was it 2013? It was 2013. Yeah. I put together an online course. Nobody did online renovating courses at that time, and I think it was pretty bad. But Suzette was my first student and we have been in the trenches together or we've done a couple of projects together. So I wanted Suzette to come in and to talk to you about the path of a renovator. A lot of women, our audience is women, so I'll refer directly to you, have this dream of renovating but haven't really figured out uh, how it's going to play out. How many renovations have you done, Suzette? I've probably done about six or seven. Okay, is that all? Might have been more than that. Okay, if you count little tiny ones. I'm always ripping to bits something and putting it back together in a different way. I would call the six or seven major ones in terms of a house or apartment, joint venture, whatever. Yeah. they're, They're the big ones. The rest are bothering the rest of my family by ripping down whatever they're living in. (laughs) (laughs) In an important room. And yeah, so what I wanted to do is firstly to ask you just to share a little bit about why you decided to go down this path, pretty much, for a start. So what brought you to renovating? You're always attracted to your passion, of course, Mm. and renovating is a passion for me for a couple of reasons. There's a start and a finish. I, I like to look at something 
see how it can change, have a process, do it and step back and look at it and critique it, usually critique it. I like that. I like the aesthetics of it. I like I like things that look good. I like my own house to invite me in. I like other places that just woo me. And that, for me, is a real lure for renovating, to take something that has potential and get it at the end to invite you in. Mm. I love that. But you could do that just with your own home. Why are you going out and doing other renos? I have done it with my own home, and I think I'm banned now <laughs> from everywhere <laughs> I live and people want me to stop. It's, it's a natural progression. It's a natural morphing from working a little bit small to challenging yourself and working a bit bigger. What's your day job? I'm a bookkeeper. So that works in well with jobs starting, jobs finishing, having a formula. I like to bake. I like to cook as well. Same thing. You get an idea, something invites you to eat or look at it. You find it pleasing. Uh, There's a start, there's a formula and there's a finish and you have usually a pass or a fail. And we get more passes than fails in all things. So that's been a natural progression for me to move on to something bigger. I wanted to see if I could match the picture. I'd seen it on television. I'd seen other people doing it and heard about other people doing it. Why not me? How do I do this? So yeah, I then renovated my other houses, my properties, and then went, okay, now what? How can I buy something else? Did I have enough confidence to do it for other people? At that stage, no. Yeah. So slowly, and then meeting you and coming into this environment gave me a safe spot to grow and to grow confidence and to learn a bit more and to get into properties other than my own addresses Mm. and I do remember at one stage because you and I did it some of you would know the tiny little project that we did in Burke Street in Surrey Hills well Suzette was the manager of that project (laughs) baptism by fire I call it it was great Uh, we'd searched Bernadette and I'd searched a while with all the criteria in place and we had fun doing that We'd had a couple of looks. We'd looked at this place a while before and then finally got it. It was everything that somebody should tell you should teach you a good lesson. (laughs) (laughs) Did make a profit. Yes, I think we both came out of that thinking, no. Well, what was that? (laughs) (laughs) So it was basically a tiny 28 square metre apartment. We were seeing if you could make money out of something that small and that cheap. And that quick. Yeah. Quick as we Three weeks. Oh, and guess who went away? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I have a bit of a sense of how that feels because when we finished Bondi, but we had finished actually, David took off. And I remember the cruise boats in those days didn't really have internet or phones. Yes, I went on a cruise. Yes. Mm, that was funny. But that, that see, that's part of the growth, Suzette. <laughs> Can I say thank you? Honestly, thank you. Uh, it was good. It was good, though. Yeah. And, and I was still trying to do a job that, fortunately, I could leave during the day if a tradesman phoned and said, what do you want to do about this? We've just found a big hole in the floor. Be right with you. <laughs> so I do remember that you tended to buy properties as a project and then not be able to part with them. Oh, I'm a great collector. Yes, I, yeah, I get a bit selfish. But I think that you have done really well. You no, have built a really substantial financial foundation. Yes. And yes, that's awesome. Yes, I have. Uh, and I would like to 
to say that was a master plan. I'll say that that was a master plan. But in actual fact, like everything else, it, it was quite a few stages of indecision. What do I do? When in doubt, don't do anything. Just wait till you've yep. got another plan. I did get to a point where I did decide to sell one. Yeah. And that turned out to be uh, a very good decision because it's now enabled me to move on and keep going with renovating. Had I kept that, I'm, I was stymied. I couldn't move forward. Yeah. And I, yes, keeping the others is great. It sets me up very nicely to be able to fund other projects. And really, that's where I want to go. Yeah. I'm not ready to stop yet. Yeah. I like a little bit of a backstop. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. So now you're in a position where you're able to support and mentor other Wonder Women? Yes. Yeah. Mm. It's surprising what comfort you can bring to somebody else who's trembling in their boots when you've been there yourself. And it's surprising what you do know. And the big thing is, is that usually these people know it too. They just need somebody to go it's a confidence thing my word yeah settle down you're on the right track show me what what's your a or your b here and it's that bit it's getting over that other little speed hump and getting the confidence to take steps forward and they don't have to be large steps no No. i remember the many years ago when i was all about and going to buy something else and i said i can't afford it so i can't do any of it and you said what's wrong with buying an apartment i went I hadn't even thought of that. So, yeah. There's always a way. There's always a way. And how did you know it? Because you'd found that out. Mm. I didn't know. And you passed that on. And basically, I like doing that with with Mm. people now. Yeah. Yeah. You can do formal training and which there are some things that you absolutely have to learn. But there is just, there are so many little nuances around renovating that by that sharing of information, it's like osmosis. Mm. You don't know what you need until you need it. Mm. And then just being able to talk to other people that have been in your situation, I think it's a great thing. And it's fun to do together. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's great to be around other people who have the same passion as you. It's cultish in a way. You try and um, have fun with somebody and talk about renovating to somebody who's not, and it's crickets and frogs. It's <laughs> hard, Jacka. But it's terrific. You get together with all these people, and they're so generous with yeah. their ideas, uh, with their time. It's, yeah. Yeah. I've landed in the right spot. Awesome. And actually, something that occasionally happens at our dinner table, because as we mostly have a family project on the go. Mm. And our youngest daughter, Grace, is not unknown for saying, can we please stop talking about renovating? (laughs) Because she is not the slightest bit interested. But she will soon be doing her own project because she now has a full-time job. And I suspect that will change. It's amazing how views can change. I have some members of my family, or particularly one, who has looked at me over the years and said, I'm sure he feels that I should have more, I won't say left or right views, but he has felt that I might have been doing other people out of a home. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure when he starts to buy his own, uh, my skills will certainly come in handy. As with other members of my family, they've gone, well, can you do the kitchen, Mum? Can you do this, Mum? Can you help us have a look? Yeah, sure. Love yeah. to. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's an interesting sort of way to evolve the role of mother. And to still be relevant with your children. Yeah. That's terrific. You can grow with them a bit 
and stay uh, relevant and a source of knowledge for them too. And it's a great compliment. It is, yes. And so you mentioned a while ago that you had a son that was looking at buying a property in Brisbane. Did he go through with it? No, he didn't go through with it. And here's another tick for the community. He approached me and said that they'd seen this property. It could be a fabulous deal in terms of land as well as the house and subdividing it and all the rest of it. Look good, look good. So I put the feelers out into the community and truly, I'd say within an hour and a half, two hours, had opinions and from people I had never met to go, I've checked this for you, check that for you. Anyway, in the end, it was a no-go. Now, how handy is that? Yeah, it's amazing. How amazing and how generous was that? Yeah. So I was able then to go back to my son, who knew absolutely none of these people, and say, listen, I've just put the feelers out and here's the feedback please have a look at something else. And he goes, whoa, that was quick. I said, yeah. they're pretty good. They're the, pretty generous. Yes. The power of a group of women, motivated women. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think was your biggest challenge in forging your path, like in renovating? What do you think you needed to overcome? First of all, money. Yeah. First of all, to think about money in a different way altogether to think about money as an enabler rather than a disabler I did that and that came about quite by accident but it came about when I met a mortgage broker who at when I was working at a place many years ago came in to review people's superannuation he had a look at my stuff and he said did you know you could do x y and z and in your situation at that time he said you're going to need money and you need somewhere to be able to get money without going to a bank. So all that got organised and then that morphed into me going, if money's a digital thing, then there must be a formula here and and maybe I can use that to then go and buy something else, which I did. So it was all about that. And then that allowed then my creative stuff or my passion for renovating to become something that really could happen. Yeah, Actually, that's an interesting point because I think I had a similar epiphany because I used to freak out. I've talked about this a few times on the podcast about debt. Mm. I used to feel quite anxious about it. We, like, paid our mortgage off three times because I just couldn't stand to have the debt. And until one day I realised that money is just figures on paper. Mm. And when you take that emotion out of it, Mm. it gives you a lot more freedom. You get more upset about paying uh, for the groceries at Woolworths because that is a tangible thing rather than millions of dollars on a document because that's a digital thing. One is no less important than the other, Yeah. but one is something that you can step back from and make a, a critical decision about. Exactly. It takes the attachment out of it. That's right. Yeah. I think that's... For women, it's, exactly. it's very close to home. Yeah. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's very fearful. And I do remember in my early years, and it's only, I think, because my children have grown up now, I was always frightened of debt or something <clears throat> going particularly wrong. Now I think I've got these formulas. I know what to do. And with renovating, you do have something to sell. Exactly. And you have control. You do. Yeah, you have control over your budget. You can decide what you spend, what you do. Yep. And I think the trick is knowing what you can get away with really isn't it and that's where the community comes in that's where the training comes in all this starts to get pared down where 
they're not even decisions anymore. That's automatic, that's automatic, that's automatic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you've done quite a few renovations and you've built yourself a very substantial, I'll say passive, but we know what it's not passive, income from buying and holding Buying, renovating and holding property. Yeah, it, it is. It, yeah. It's good passive income. And you sold, just recently renovated to sell a property. This was a little studio on the beach. It's a 300 metre walk to the beach. And I had been back to this particular mortgage broker who organised more finance for me, which was great. And I thought, oh, the banks were going to be no good because this was enough for deposits, the bank probably hmm. felt I didn't earn enough. Anyway, long story short, I bought this little studio apartment, which was great. I rented it out for four years. It basically covered itself. It always had a little bit of a loss. And then I thought, if I'm to move forward, I need to get back this ability to be able to hmm. spend money somewhere else. So yes, I did. I took a little studio, which was a very dull box, and made it very appealing and sold it. And it had some, a lot of people came in and just went, oh, this is really inviting. I could live here, which is exactly what you want. This is it. That's what you do to yourself. I love this. I want to live here. Yeah. That's and so did that translate into profit? Yes, it did. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much? Can you remember how much? Without doing the, the capital gains and all that sort of stuff. But I bought for 400 and I sold for 485 Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, which is not bad for a studio because they don't move as fast. They're not as... And particularly, you didn't actually buy it as a flip. No, I did not. But I did make the decision to sell it rather than go Airbnb. And I know the people who did buy it are going to Airbnb and live in it themselves. They're Mm. going to alternate because that wasn't my path. Yeah. So that made the decision to sell even more concrete. Okay. The exciting bit. I've been lucky enough to find a partner to do some joint ventures with and we are embarking. We've set up all our legals and all the rest of it and embarking on going into properties together and buying and selling. Uh, She's a person who's very similar to me in my values and expectations and I am so excited to be able to move forward and keep this as a business. Now my hobbies and my passions have turned into a business and a profitable, it will be a profitable one because a lot of the, being part of the School of Renovation and being part of the groups that I'm in, a lot of that fear can be taken away because you can outsource your fears. There's no such thing as a dumb question or there's no such thing as failure because there isn't any, really. Everything's fixable, everything's doable. If you're worried, ask. So I think that now, what am I now, 60? How long can you do? How long is a piece of string? Yeah, well, that's... To keep doing it for. Yeah, as long as you feel that you've got the capacity to do it. That's exactly right. So this is a very exciting time of my life Mm. when a lot of my friends have been going, well, we're looking at retirement now and all that sort of thing. I've gone, well, actually... (laughs) (laughs) Going that way. Yeah. Awesome. And the thing is, actually, I I don't know who I was talking about this the other day. It keeps you young. Turning 60, if you retire, you get old very quickly because you then stop mingling with people in the real world. You start contracting a bit. Yeah, your social life is with your 60-year-old friends. Like 60 years, actually, the new 40, just saying. But I know I'm with you. (laughs) 
(laughs) But you don't have that same drive. And so that's why I think that renovating is a great thing to do because it it keeps you young and it um, keeps you motivated and active and, yeah, and it keeps money coming in, which is awesome. So you were telling me before about your goals. So three projects a year? Three projects a year enables both of us to lead a very good yeah. life. And, and so you've got a, a, a focus on 100000 each a year? Yes, yes, that's the main game. And we're not stuck in Sydney. So we're quite happy to move out of Sydney to look at properties in other areas, north, south, east, west, even other states. Yeah. Don't mind. Yeah. Because the game is the same. Beautiful. Mm. I think the other thing is that you have that experience of doing the project with someone else, which is always so much better than doing it on your own. It can be lonely renovating. It can, yeah. You're there with tradesmen who, most of them are good, you can browbeat a few, but some can get pretty grumpy or tell you that, where's your husband, you know? (laughs) We've had that a few times. (laughs) You know, what does your husband say? Oh, I don't know, but I'll tell you this. And it can get a bit lonely, so it's great to have a partner to bounce things off. That makes it very exciting. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because you've been working with Odette on her project. Well, I wouldn't say working with. She's the leader. If there's been a time issue or she would like another set of eyes, I've been more than happy to go along and say, yeah, sure. I'm yeah. happy to have a look. And that's great. Yesterday was demo and she said to me that she really wanted support on the demo day. So I went over there and about 10 o'clock we're sitting out on the fence and I'm thinking, what am I supporting you? Like, <laughs> I don't know, Odette. I think you really got this under control. <laughs> wait on, wait if they hit a wire. They might. Stay there. So I think it's just, and like we did actually make that rule that on demo day, make sure that you've got a second person with you because sometimes stuff goes wrong. We know that. But it really is just that moral support more than anything and yeah yeah look you don't know everything you think I would my brother's a builder and every time I mention renovating he's got a list of this long of things now remember this remember that and and do this and do that (laughs) and I all of those I know but there's a lot of stuff I don't yeah having someone on the end of the phone is just as good as having them there as well yeah absolutely Mm. yeah I agree and I think that is where women I think really do this better because we do acknowledge where the things that are going to make a difference to us yeah it's true but women have that's a generalization isn't it oh we're allowed to make generalizations oh okay that's That's my rule same (laughs) okay you're 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 the boss You're You're not allowed to say that. No, no, I'm not allowed to call you chief. You're quite right. But once, I'll speak for myself, once I got over the fear of asking a question, for fear of being stupid, for fear of lots of things, once I got over that, like I was 75% of the way there. Yeah. The answer's always no if you ask a question. Exactly. Always no. If you don't ask. If you don't ask. Yeah. If you don't ask. So for me, that learning how to ask, knowing that I didn't know everything and don't take it as a confirmation of stupidity or whatever you're thinking at the time, it's Mm. only fear. Yeah. And so what would you say to someone who was thinking about going down this path? 
So if someone, a young woman who, actually let's not say a young woman, let's say an older woman yep. who is sick of her job, has been toying with the idea of renovating, what would you say to them? What sort of skills would you suggest that they work on? Like other than the renovating skill, mm-hmm. obviously that's a given, but what in themselves would they need to be able to move forward? I think the bookkeeping side of it, not just because I am a bookkeeper, but that is always um, a fear when you're going into the unknown and particularly as a woman with finance that you will lose the lot. So learning how to forecast Mm. what you might buy something for and what you might sell it for and is that feasible is very important. I think learning that and learning how to do some research either by yourself or through real estate agents or property buyers they set you up. Yeah. After that, it's it's whether you choose pink or blue paint a lot of the time or whatever, because everybody else is going to educate you after that. The kitchen guy educates you every time, doesn't yeah. he? And the bathroom yeah. guy, they all do that over and over. But getting those things right gives you the confidence, gives you the speak. Yeah. You're in charge. Actually, that's true. And one of the things you mentioned there, which is a really big point. So being able to forecast is often quite daunting for someone new. And that's why we now work with some property strategists and buyers, Mm. people that are versed in the type of work that we do who understand the principles so that you have professional support in that. Because that's the thing. Like everyone looks at the block. And thinks, but what they don't realise is that I probably do realise those people don't buy those properties. They have professional buyers buy them, and so do we now. And you're actually using one of those yeah. buyers, and I personally think that is a key piece of the puzzle. My word, without a doubt, that takes a lot of the fear out of it. That if you choose a, a property buyer who's specific to an area, they know all the ins and outs. Yeah. And it's worth money to them to get it right. Exactly. Particularly if there's someone that specializes in renovation projects that's because right. that's their reputation and I would agree. And you're buying years and years of them being involved in that area exactly. and, and relationships and, yeah. and little nuances that you as a newbie would come in and just get eaten up. Exactly, yeah. And just one more thing before we finish up. Tell me what's the scariest or the funniest thing that you've ever had happen on a renovation? Funnily enough, that would be Burke Street. Oh, God. I knew you were going to say that. Yes. (laughs) Are you talking about the plumbing? No. Well, the plumbing was one thing. But I had to shut all the doors because everybody was complaining that I had, you know, like ruined their lives by doing this renovation, which actually I didn't even ask permission to do. I just ran in and did it. That was a big no-no. We did ask permission to do it. In the end? Yeah. We did ask permission. They were just a bit slow coming through. Okay. All right. We'll go with that. But I had all the doors shut because all this dust was going everywhere and I opened a few windows, but not in time. And the smoke alarm went (gasps) off. That's right. There were three fire engines that started roaring down the street and the fellow who was cutting the stone, he goes, oh, this is bad. I said, what do you mean? And he goes, can you hear that? What do you mean? He goes, that's that's the fire department. They're coming here. What do you mean? Oh, we've set off the fire alarm. They're coming. You're in big trouble. You've set off the fire alarm. Yeah. You're in charge of this. It's your fault. Okay. Down the alley that much. Yep. It's got nothing to do with me. You're the boss. Okay. So what's so bad about the fire department? They're going to charge you thousands for turning $1, up. $1,800, it wasn't their last job. Probably per fire truck. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I wonder where that boat is out in the water that Bernadette's on. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I could, wish I was on that. 
Anyway, so I raced outside that they'd stopped all the traffic. There's fire trucks everywhere. The good, good looking firemen are getting out of there. So I used all the skills that I had learnt so far to get out of this and I burst into tears. <laughs> did I, it work? It did. Yes. So I was so pathetic. Like they felt so sorry for me. Never mind. Like, we'll go home quietly now. Please don't turn your sirens on anymore. And the guys, when I went back in there, they just went, you chicks always do that. You just cry. And I thought, yeah, us chicks just got us out of about $800. Yeah. I've never awesome. seeing them come down the road. I know. Oh. It's such a pain, isn't it? Actually, we went very close Scary. to doing that on our last project. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. So you learn. I always look at the anybody's doing anything inside. Have we got all the doors and windows open? We don't want this. Yep. We don't want this thing going off. Yeah. Yeah. At all. <laughs> Well, thank you, Suzette. That was a very interesting little chat. And I'm not sure whether it's going to generate confidence in our prospective renovators. But you'll always have some fun. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thank you. My pleasure. Okay, so that's it for today. If you haven't already left us a review, please do so because they just make so much difference to us. It keeps me going. And I have had a couple of really lovely reviews recently and I'm going to read them out next week. But if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a review and then if you feel like spending some time with some crazy obsessed renovators, come over to the She Renovates free Facebook group and join up and let us put a face to a name. Bye for now. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.